Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. How would you like to feel sexy, sassy, and ready to start over? Does that sound good to you? Well, that's what today is going to be beginning with. The ideas of this author of the book, Sexy, Sassy, and Starting Over, is my guest. Her name is Karen Solomon. And if those are three things that go together for you, especially in this new year, you're going to be very excited about that. We're going to talk about how to do it and what it takes and what the results can be. And they're great. So stay tuned. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Well, welcome back. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. I'm so glad that you're here with us. If you're joining for the first time, so happy you found this podcast. And if you are joining because you have found value before, welcome back. Today, we're going to talk to Karen Solomon. She's someone who wrote the book, as I said in the introduction, and it's called Sexy, Sassy, and Starting Over. Great title, Karen. Um, And isn't it what, you know, everybody in their inner person wants to be is sexy and sassy if they have to start over particularly as we get older yeah we want to remember those parts of ourselves you bet (laughs) yeah because we may not think of ourselves if we're getting out of a long-term relationship we may have big questions about whether we're sexy or sassy and post-menopause, add, to, add that to it. You know, oh, yeah, great. Change. I mean, there's all kinds of changes. And I think most of it when we're starting over, it's usually starting over from another way that we've defined ourselves. As mm-hmm. mom, like the kids leaving, you're still going to be a mother, but you're not mommy anymore. It's a whole difference. And, you know, relocating, bodies change, going through, you know, there's just all kinds of things that present themselves and have us having to respond with starting over. That's right. And it may just be that you woke up and you said, I'm not so happy. Maybe I'm going to start myself over. I'm going to kickstart myself. So I'm going to tell people a little bit about you. I'm going to read it so that I get it all right and just what you want people to know about yourself. So Karen Solomon is the author of Sexy, Sassy, and Starting Over, as I said, and she teaches keys to confidence, to have confidence. Now we're going to talk about this a little later, from the bedroom to the boardroom. Woohoo! All right. And she inspires her clients to live lives that are congruent with their deepest needs and their desires. Ooh, that's got all kinds of aspects too. Her communication style is bold, edgy, and inspires both men and women to be authentic, unadulterated selves. Ooh, nice choice of words there, Karen. Unadulterated. We could go in all kinds of directions with that. She integrates a foundation as a credentialed teacher with over two decades providing image makeovers and relationship coaching for men and women. Karen's passion, insight, and genuine desire to serve 
combined with being direct, compassionate, and relatable leaves audiences and listeners laughing and loving themselves. Well, what could make a better day than to be laughing and loving ourselves? So what is it that set you off to write a book called Sexy, Sassy, and Starting Over? Starting over? (laughs) I've been in, I don't mean to be glib, but, you know, I'd been myself with my former husband for almost two decades and it was a great marriage and it was a really amicable parting. We were just done being romantic and doing what we were doing. And, you know, that was up in the Bay Area where I'd lived for decades. And I knew I needed to go back to work and I'm never going to go get a job. It's not, my last job was as a school teacher in the seven, in the eighties. No, that, that, you know, in the, in the eighties. And I thought, Okay, I'm going to start over. So I thought, I'm just going to move from where I've lived for over three decades to San Diego. A bunch of road trips. The weather was great. The beaches are nice. So couldn't quite figure out how to leave California. You probably can relate. Anyway, I found myself in San Diego County knowing no one. And I just was like, "Uh, uh, oh, what do I do? And I kind of still felt sexy and sassy and was in my late 50s at the time. And but I was starting over and, and, you know, when you're, one of the things I wasn't thinking about when starting over was that, you know, I was used to hang out with couples and I was right. grandfathered into hanging out with those couples up North because I'd known them for three decades. I'd known them before they were coupled. We did a lot of life together as couples and I came down here and all of a sudden I was meeting almost only singles except at network groups, but that wasn't who I was socializing with. I was meeting all these singles who were like, well, wait a minute, uh, uh, what about me? And I realized I still feel so sexy and sassy, but I had to start over. So that's kind of where the words came from. And I like alliteration. I can't help it. But it was, um, and I just realized I wanted a book because it would help me hone, you know, help kind of help me bring in my own thoughts. And I also um, wanted to help other people. It's a little handbook. I call it Sexy Sassy. I'll just show it to you, Roberta. It's um, Sexy Sassy and Starting Over. And it's recipes for a sweet and savory life after divorce. Oh, nice. And, the recipes are metaphors, you know, that how, how do you make strangers into friends and there's communication skill sets and how do you, what, what do you mean pay attention? So it goes on from there. Great. And that's such a good book to have in your back pocket or beside your bed when you are starting over. Because sometimes, as we said earlier, you don't feel so sexy and sassy. Glad to hear you did, Karen. But some people Working don't. I mean, they, they have... They have been worn down and torn down and, mm. and they, they feel like, what's wrong with me? And why mm. doesn't he or she like me anymore? And what went wrong? And what was my part in it? Which are all good questions to ask, but it doesn't leave you feeling sexy and sassy. No, especially <laughs> if you've been left. Mm-hmm. Discarded you know, like, too. Right. And in many cases, um, women in particular um, find even like for me, I mean, I'm my former husband, 70 years old. And he's dating someone who's 50 and he didn't go looking for a younger woman, but he's a guy and guys at 70 can date women in their sixties, fifties, forties, and thirties. And again, he's not into younger women, women. That wasn't the point, but it's probably not going to happen for me that I'm going to be looking for a guy 50. So it's, it's like, Hmm. So a lot of women are wanting to make sure that they've got their sexy and sassy because the younger women do. Yes. Well, let's talk about that for a minute, because I I don't know if anybody would describe me as sassy, but it's certainly not something that I I aspire to be. 
Um, but maybe sassy comes in all kinds of forms. Let's talk about that word. I mean, to me, when I think of sassy, I'm thinking cute. And uh, no one would ever describe me as cute, nor would I want to be described as cute. So tell us what sassy means. Well, you know, it's so interesting. If somebody says I'm cute, I say, no, I'm not cute. The same as you. I don't want to be described as cute. I'm not cute. I'll take attractive. I'll take pretty. There's other words I'll take, but cute is not one of them. I'm not petite. I'm not cute. And I don't act cute. But sassy, I have an edge. There's no doubt about it. I'm a back east person. And you, really, you can take the back east girl out of the back east. But you can, I'm from Boston. But you can't take that kind of edge, the sarcasm out of me. So for me, well, I don't think sarcasm is a nice way to go. No. I have a little bit of it, Roberta. You know, it's just, and so for me, sassy is a nicer way of saying a little bit of edgy. Okay, well, I can sure live with that. And I want to just respond to your sarcasm comment because I agree with you. Sarcasm is really sort of the lowest form of anger. Yes. yes. But on the other hand, in some cultures, like I'm from Canada and you said, you know, okay, we both happen to live in San Diego, but I'm from Canada. I chose to come to California. But in Canada and the UK, our sense of humor is based on a certain amount of sarcasm. It's very dry. And when I came to the United States, <laughs> the people said, how dare you say that? Well, you know, you had to a culture. So it, it's really interesting that sarcasm can be something that's acceptable in a culture, or it can be, and most often is outside of those cultures, a way of cutting people off at the knees. And then when they, they, they complain that they're bleeding, then you say, well, you're thin skinned, or I, I was just kidding, and you can't take a joke, which is passive aggressive. And that, exactly. that level of anger and passive aggressive behavior is never a good thing. But sassy i mean everybody think about it what would it mean to you to be sassy would you like to be described as that and what would it mean so there's a whole piece so you came to san diego and everybody this is a great place to live of course we have sunshine and uh, that's that's something that's pretty nice to get up to every morning so sexy sassy in the sunshine starting over (laughs) staying with your alliteration but what is it then as you develop this business model, why did you niche to men over 45? What, what was it that pushed you there? You well, let me tell you that back in 1986, when I started my image consulting business, it wasn't because I'd gone to fashion school. My mother was an interior designer and an artist, but it was because I'd been selling computer systems. One of the guys I sold them to ran a big company. He and I dated for a minute and a half and then became best friends. And, um, I said to him one day, you have to let me take you shopping. Oh my God, I can't even look at you. He said, okay, next paycheck. So next paycheck, I took him shopping. And I remember he spent, this is 1986. He spent $1,200, which was more, he was unfathomable. Didn't even include a suit. It was a light sport jacket and a bunch of stuff. And then he said, would you come back to my place, please? And like, say what goes with what, because I'm so colorblind and I've been ridiculed my whole life. Fast forward, he went back East for business and family visit. And he came back and took this 20-something out for the most amazing dinner she'd ever been to in San Francisco. Like, had a lot of stars, you know. I mean, it was a really fancy restaurant. And he said, that was the most amazing experience in my life. I met a girl on the plane because, I mean, everything shifted for him out of there. And I was like, really? 
okay, what would you have paid me? <laughs> because it really wasn't a profession then. All my other fellow image consultants started about then. Otherwise, it was just, you know, Nicole Kidman styled by. It was media, but it wasn't really a profession. But when I saw the transformation happen with him, and then I hung a shingle and started working with all my male computer clients. They loved it. I couldn't sell them any more computers. And they said, well, what are you doing? You're leaving? I said, yeah, I'm going to dress men. And they were like, okay, you can dress me. And that was when Dress Down Fridays had just begun in Silicon Valley. And all the owners of the companies were panic stricken because they had European clients coming in who didn't ever dress down. And so, and there was nothing, what the norm today of, um, you know, casually smart dressing for a businessman who knows what he's doing didn't exist, Roberta. It was Monday through Friday was, uh, Monday through Thursday was sport jackets or suits and Friday was whatever messy. messy. I mean, there were no jeans, jeans were not for business. And you got, you remember you were around then too. So anyway, it was so fun to help transform people. And then I started doing it for my friends and my men friends. But what happened is as you know, I have worked with a lot of women. Listen, I will work with women if they beg and I'm working with, I'm I'm geared right now toward working with couples because of my communication skills and because I'm kind of badass and I'm older than most of them at this point (laughs) and I can really help them. I can be bipartisan and help them communicate in such a way. And if I need to bring in a therapist like yourself, I do that. But usually they just need to remember why they're together. They need to remember to be appreciative. I have exercises that help them do that. But with the men, ever since that first client, Roberta, when a man hires me, he listens to what I have to say. And what I found with women my age, I mentor quite a lot of 20-somethings with my trademark workshop called Men's Sex and Money. And that will be the name of my own podcast toward the end of the year, I will tell you that. But um, because me and my alliterations. But I do mentor women and I will work with women if they hire me. But my experience has been women my age or a little younger who've been hurt or whatever argue with me all the time. They said, argue with me for their own imperfections. I actually don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I would much rather be hired for my expertise, which is why I, even though, yes, I'm a trained coach, I'm more of a consultant hired for my expertise. I'm not an image coach. Do you know what I mean? And so I work with people like with the men, they just, I, I, I just love changing lives. Like, you, you know, would you like your third or fourth marriage to be your final, sir? <laughs> you are the common denominator. And I just have a way that I can keep the boundary, but have very powerful older gentlemen, older, I mean, 45 and on up, listen to me. And it's super fun. And they, there's no competition. There's no weirdness. There's no, well, you look that way, Karen. I have, you know, 85 extra pounds in me. I'll never. So it's a funny thing, but it, it, I'm, a, I'm able to be a professional in terms of dating and relationship coaching with men and with couples better than I am with women, if that makes sense. Sure. I mean, we all attract certain people who resonate with us. Right. Um, but I want to go back to that young man who had the ex- first experience with you and the fact that his level of confidence changed and his level of being perceived changed. Right. Other people responded to him differently, mm-hmm. and life changed, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And so when he attracts this young woman on the plane and he takes her to a, a 
three Michelin star restaurant. Um, he has the confidence to do that, That's right. right? And so I think many relationships are based on our insecurities. And until we mm-hmm. develop con- our self-confidence, and I don't mean that in a conceited, arrogant way. I mean that... I know myself, I know what I value, I know what my vision for my life is, I know what my boundaries are, I know what my beliefs are, and that it's, I give myself permission to live from that, Mm -hmm. and to say I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but I'm the one who goes home with me at the end of the day, and I want to live compatibly with me. And when I can do that, then I am able to calibrate having a relationship. That's right. Until then, it's like, how do you like me so far, right? And that's never going to work for us. We're never going to be in in any of the three categories that I say we have to be in all three to be in a healthy relationship of any kind. And that is equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. Mm-hmm. And we are never going to have equality if I don't feel good about myself. Because I'm going to be bothered by the fact that my partner feels good about his or herself. That's right. You know, I say when people say, oh, it's 50-50, I'm like, no, it's 100-100. It is not 50-50. 50-50 means I'm not whole, you're not whole. And I say two people, if you're going to have a healthy relationship, two people have to be whole. And I think also that we bring in our, you said reciprocity was one of your three. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we actually bring in our reciprocal we actually bring that in. You know who said that is David Data, one of my teachers. Years ago, it's one of the nuggets I got from him. He said, we attract our reciprocals. And I thought, cool. And so I think it really is all up to us, whether it's you know on the, on the more superficial side of dressing. It could be an inside-out job or an outside-in job. Mm-hmm. In my workbook to help my image clients get ready, I call it clothing, confidence, and charisma. Because that guy was so good looking, but because of the colorblindness and whatever, I mean, he had, you know, green eyes and dark skin and prematurely gray hair. He was so handsome, but he was just, it was like a poorly framed painting or a poorly framed, you know, because you do want your clothes to accentuate who you are, not have them scream for attention. And so he, all of a sudden people were like, oh my God, you look, his family was saying, what happened to you? Did you fall in love? Did you win the lottery? So he was like, what do you mean? They'd never seen him glowing even before he opened his mouth as he should because he was well presented. And yeah. so I think that's an inside out job, whether it's your communication or how you go about the dating. You know, like one of the things when clients want to find me, they can have six tips for more fulfilling dating or six juicy tips for a better sex life because it's all in the communication. It's all in the setup. Like you and I had to set up this conversation today. I had to have my microphone and you had to have the it's all in the setup. Our emails back and forth to make sure that we're both going to be here at this time. And so I think it's all in the setup of how do we set ourselves up to feel so good about ourselves. And who said you have to know how to do it all? Who said that? You know, and I think a lot of men have actually thought they have to do it all. And I'm like, dude, you were the common denominator up until now. How's it working? How would you like some tools like what you didn't know? You didn't know. Let's go there. You know, sometimes I call myself a master contractor. You know, this course might be good for you. Read this book. Listen to Roberta's podcast with so-and-so. You know, I don't pretend I, I don't even pretend I'm original. Yes, we're all unique and original. I don't pretend I'm getting like original downloads. 
For me, <laughs> I just know how to synthesize stuff. I've had this privilege since my first Tantra class in my mid-30s in the early 90s when I was so struck by joy and grief. Joy at the intimacy that might be possible. And I never had hang-ups, nor did I keep the light on and look in somebody's eyes. You know? <laughs> and I didn't have any hang-ups, but I found out that I really didn't even know what intimacy was at that level. And I had grief about that I hadn't known what intimacy was. And so that had me dive into a universe of a humongous inquiry of getting my education from lots of different teachers. So now it's like, hey, I just today texted the name of a book that was really good for me in a certain arena. Here, read this. It might help you. I mean, in sending people to this or that, it's just, I'm just, people always told me I was like one of those helpful hints from Heloise, <laughs> you know, about helpful things to know about. I just happen to focus them all in my most, the area of my most interest, which is, you know, sex and money and relationship. It's just more interesting to me than most things. So, so what do you think the, the common denominator among sex, money, and relationships is? For anybody? Mm -hmm. um, oh, there's a lot of ways to answer that. Um, I'm going to say that when we're truly in full communication, anything is possible in a relationship. I'm also going to say, I just heard a lecture recently where a colleague of mine said it was called how to date your species, ask for and get what you want. And so I think that whether it's sex, money, relationship, whatever, it's really helpful to, it's hard enough to date somebody of the other, of the other gender, for gosh sake, we're a different species. So already you have something coming in where you're a man and it's a woman and there's different ways that we like it, you know, like to talk and be, and I want privacy, and I want to talk. But on top of that, what if you come from a different culture? Like you and I were just talking about Canada and the East Coast versus kind of nice, possibly passive-aggressive, California. You know I mean? And it's like, it's the more languages we have in common, the easier it is. I don't want to be with somebody who has to play golf every day. It's not my language. I don't want to be with somebody whose first language is Italian, second is Spanish, third is whatever, and fourth is English. No, I'm a communication person, unless his English, unless he learned them all at once and he's really that good in English. I speak some Spanish and some French. The only fluency I have is English. So I want somebody who has that in common with me. And then there's socioeconomic stratus. I mean, I'll, I'll say, I've said this to a woman before. Now, when were you planning to tell him you wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and your six-figure salary goes away? That's a money conversation. And you want a college fund for the kid because you come from a family of lawyers or doctors or higher educated everybody. He comes from a family of contractors who added zero to what your family made. College fund, why? So those are values and those are different um, languages that we speak. So the more you can find out, I, I'm, the more you can find out, the more you have in common, I think the easier it's going to be about sex, money, relationship, any of it. But the key is, if you don't know how to talk about it, find a therapist, find a coach, listen to Roberta's podcast, <laughs> read books. Well, I think you're, you're touching on something really important, which is, you know, the world has given you everything that you need. It's all available for you. And if you find that there's something you don't know or something you don't do well or something you think you need to reconstruct, you can and be very, very hopeful about that because right. you have that opportunity. You can go to someone and talk with them. I mean, just remember that story about Karen simply saying, 
you know, this not working for me, not working for you either. So, you know, let's go shopping. Something as simple as I, he was willing to believe you. Right. He was willing to say, okay, I'm not going to fight you on this. I, I remember when I had my first image consultant and I, I used to do a weekend workshop called Optimal You and I hired her not only to do my stuff, but she came to the workshop yeah, and perfect. we turned people around, you know, we yeah. took photos of them at the beginning of the weekend and then we took photos at the end and everything changed yeah. because they thought differently, they perceived differently, they looked different, mm -hmm. right? Um, but they had to be willing to say, maybe an outside view would help me see something that would improve mm -hmm. my life. And it's that willingness to say, this might be helpful to me or somebody might be helpful to me. So we have to look at the places where our fears are that, you know, that someone's going to judge us as opposed to saying, no, someone has more information than I do about something. Maybe they see differently. Like every one of us perceives differently. And when mm -hmm. we get into a relationship, we can have somebody, you know, it's not as simple, simplistic as I'm going to say, but, you know, if I don't know my way around a toolbox and somebody else in my relationship, I can say, could you fix this? That's right. I'm like, oh, great. There's complementary skill set. And that person could come to me and say, I don't quite know how to tell you this, but help me get the words out. Right. Complementary skill sets, right? We don't have to know everything. But if we've had a poor childhood or traumatic childhood, we may be very, very, very afraid that blame will become shame. Absolutely. And so that's difficult. But how joyous that you're meeting people who can hear you and say, yes, I want to have a relationship that really is going in the direction of emotional intimacy. Mm -hmm. But in order to go in that direction, it has to go in the direction of emotional maturity. So I want to tell everybody where to find Karen, KarenSolomon.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-S-O-L-O-M-A-N. M-O-N. M-O-N. Good thing all I... All O's in the last name, Roberta. Thank you. It is. All O's. Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. KarenSolomon.com. But Solomon spelled with all O's. We got it. <laughs> you know, I, I heard Michael McIntyre do a piece recently. I just love him as a comedian. And he was talking about the different spellings of names. And I recently had someone on the show called Tracy. Well, how many ways can you spell Tracy? Michael McIntyre did a whole thing about using the phonetics of, you know, the word Sarah, Sarah with an H, Sarah without an H. How do you say them? Sarah, <laughs> you know, right. kind of, kind of uh, important for us to know that names are spelled in different ways. George Carlin. <laughs> did he Remember do that him? too? He did all of that. It was yeah. his the father of everything funny, you know, and the satire and throw in a little sarcasm just to a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So when you are um, working with people, do you prefer to work with singles or do you prefer to work with couples or does it matter? Yes. I, um, I prefer to work with, that's why I'm not niching with one or the other because I, prefer to work with people who are so ready 
to have a transformation, who are so going, oh my gosh, you can really help us juice up our sex life, or you can really help us get in the kind of communication that had us fall in love to begin with. You can bring us back to that, or you could really help me go about dating in a new way now that I'm 52 and I've had three past marriages and I don't know what I'm doing. Can you really help me make those, you know, the, the must-haves and the deal killers and the preferences and the distinctions? You can really help me do that. For me, it's an absolute joy that you know to have a 50. I was thinking one of my clients right now, this 52-year-old guy and a couple, she's 39 and he's 45, and how much happier they are. And how much they have some literal my artful communication skill set. And you know, if you want to go on that link and find me, you're welcome to Karen at KarenSolomon.com. I'm happy to send you a PDF on that. But um, anyway, I just feel so, um, it's just for me, I love people. I just love people. And I just want, you know, we all see through different lenses, Roberta. Mm -hmm. And the lens I see through is obviously going to be part of the image consulting coming from my background, which was always my dad was like I have my own exterior image consultant you know exterior consultant because my mom was an interior designer but she go no 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 change your tie so <laughs> but it's like I came by that part honestly but I think we all see life differently like I can just see when she's not being nice to him and I can see him dissing her and I'm like whoa dude you just said this. How about trying it this way? Ooh, you just emasculated him, honey. Come on, let's do it this way. And words are so powerful. And habits, that's another thing. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm, if yeah. you're going to be an addict, addict to something, it's just a whole bunch of habits, whether it's chocolate or alcohol, you know? It's just habits. And so if I can point out the habits that somebody has that they might, that might not be serving them, and then they can shift them one or two at a time, not the whole thing, then I feel like I've done my job and it's so tangible for me to have a man have a woman on his arm or have a woman, you know, just feel beautiful and sexy in her body again after menopause and being dumped or after breast cancer and chemo right. to love herself again is amazing. Mm -hmm. Just in this whole image consulting thing, I want to ask a question if, if there's differences in humans in this way, because, you know, I tend to wear earth not earth colors because they don't all suit me, but quieter things or black and gray and navy mm -hmm. and things like that. And the other day I put on a kimono that was really bright and a woman said to me, you should wear those colors all the time. How much of the perception comes from within and how much from without? I mean, I'm not going to wear those colors all the time. It feels like I'm on stage every minute. I, you know, I'm not going to do that. Oh, but, but it's very important for us to understand how to be comfortable in our own skin, right. feeling authentic, feeling integrated, and then presenting that image to the world. How do we do that if people have have maybe a history of pleasing other people by how they they look or how they present themselves? Oh, I love this question. I just love to address this. Well, first of all, um, like I, we, it's really important. Congruency is one of the most important things. I really feel like if, if I can help you or anybody be, have your presentation be congruent with how you feel you want to be seen and represented on the planet, then I've done my job. And congruency might be being loud and bold if you're going to be on stage or whatever, but you're a very um, restrained and contained woman. 
And so I would be stunned if you show, it, it wouldn't be congruent for me and my little knowledge of you, Robert, if you to show up in kimonos, bright colored kimonos every day. It would be incongruent for my experience of who you are. You know, like we have very different styles, but I think we're equally as powerful, but I'm a more kind of a, an Aries in your face, <laughs> sassy, scorpionizing girl, and you're more contained. And so for me, and I, but I don't wear bright colors because I don't want them. I, don't, I need to, di, I need to um, minimize my intensity with clothing a little bit. And um, I don't want people to see my clothes before they see me. My point exactly, Karen. That's exactly why it doesn't work. Yeah. Beautifully. Right. Because this, this woman, you know, she, she said it and I thought, okay, I mean, it's a beautiful kimono. And it, it has a lot of bright colors. They weren't near my face, which, of course, that was important to me. Yeah. But really, she was saying, I'd like to wear that. That's what she was saying. Like, give that to me. I like that. She wasn't coming from a place that said, oh, is, you know, is that you? Right? Um, I think there's another, uh, there's a triangulation on this one, another possibility, and that she could have been coming from, I freaking love that kimono. Exactly. Yeah. Not, oh, Roberta, I've never seen you look so luscious and da, 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 whatever else. And there's two ways to go on that. And that's that my guess, it's more bright than you do want to go normally. Because that's what she saw. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I know that's why you don't wear it every day, because it's not you. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know that I'll ever wear it again, Karen. But <laughs> <laughs> Totally hear you, girl. It'll, you can probably consign it for a pretty penny. Yeah. But but the thing was that it brought up that question, like, yeah. okay, you like looking at me in these clothes. That is an entirely other thing than me feeling good looking right. in the mirror. Right. Entirely different. And I think that that metaphor holds out in relationships. Absolutely. We want the relationship at home to feel good, mm-hmm. not how it looks outside there. And, you know, when I'm dealing with people with toxic relationships, Right. Outside look is totally different than inside the home. Oh, don't we know? Yeah. So it's very, very important. And I think we could talk about these things for a very long time. And we should have lunch and do that. Yeah, let's do that for sure. And do that soon because the year is ramping up. But I want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like people to know? Um. Yeah, you really don't know what you really don't know sexually unless you've gone to school for it. So you might want to talk to me about that. Make sure you know. Well, there's an inspiring and seductive little tidbit to leave you (laughs) guessing. So if she just hooked you in, you want to go to KarenSolomon.com, K-A-R-E-N-S-O-L-O-M-O-N. And there'll be some gifts that you can choose if you wish there. Right. And one of those is a a PDF she'll send you called Six Proven Strategies to Help You Win in Your Personal Relationships. And if you don't want to email uh, Karen, you can go to KarenSolomon.com slash strategies and you can see it there not anymore no just karensolomon.com is the landing page for now okay but where do they get the pdf karensolomon.com is the landing page okay great and the pdf is actually six juicy tips for fulfilling dating and you have your choice the other one is six ways to to totally juice up your current sex life there she goes again very busy in 2020 (laughs) There she goes again, saying all this. There I go. Words, a juice up if your not sex now, life. When, Roberta. 
<laughs> exactly. So again, my guest today has been Karen Solomon. If this was exciting to you, go to KarenSolomon.com. You find all the things in the show notes as usual. So if you're driving, don't worry, you didn't capture it. Just go home and have a look on your favorite podcast you will see the show notes and it's all there for you i'm dr rupert shaler you find me at transformingrelationship.com and lots and lots of videos for you at my youtube channel for for relationship help h-e-l-p for relationship help i'm glad you were with us if you heard nuggets that you can go and work on right away i'm so glad for that and i hope that you will treat yourself really really well until we talk again do you know why that's important it's because you really matter take care and talk soon thank you for joining me on the save your sanity podcast today i hope you've had some new insights some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety you deserve that and so do your children If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.